Hi, Sophie. Thank you so much for coming to Resonance. It's great to see you. So tell us a little bit about Flowers of the Forest, the play you're currently in. Was it was it a play that you already knew? No, it was. It's a it's an undiscovered play actually until recently, and there Mm. wasn't even. a proper sort of estate owner of it um, ah. and somebody found it in a library a couple of years ago and they fell in love with it um, one of our producers brought it to Anthony Biggs who runs the German Street Theatre mm-hmm. and uh, so I got involved obviously much more recently yeah. so I had heard of the author but didn't know so much of his work he's written he's written so many things many he? many amazing plays he wrote I Am a Camera that Cabaret was based on yes yes, um, the would, yes, yes. Yeah. and he wrote Bell Book and Candle Uh Novak film Mm -hmm. and Gaslight with Ingrid Bergman and really amazing amazing writer but this particular play he wrote in the 30s and it's looking at the devastation that the First World War had obviously at the time but how it's still affecting this family and my character in particular in the 30s without them knowing and in fact without the author at the time knowing that in a few years' time we'd There's obviously going be to going be to the Second World War. Another War, yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. So it's set, well, partly in the years after the First World War, but but then you go back in time, don't you, and you yes. see your character during the war yes, at a sort of more, young. more hopeful, yes. romantic yes. time. So in the present day, you see at the beginning... You, uh, well, well, not the present day, day but 1930, 1930, yes, yes. yes. Uh, no You've prosthetics gone back in involved. The t- <laughs> um, in the 1930s, you see, you see her quite... Protected, self-protected, quite... Naomi is your character. Naomi, yes, yes. yes. And it's sort of a Cowardian figure, so all Mm. having a very nice time in London, but obviously very closed off, funny, Mm. comfortable, and with a rather distant relationship with her husband. I think they're friends rather than, you know, great loves of each other. And then you get to find out why, what's created this person, which is what what is is really interesting as as an actor and hopefully as an audience to sort of peel back those layers and then see... Oh mm. God! Well, that's how she. That's why she turned out like that. Because mm. she remembers her her love, Richard. Who yes, from her he past. goes off to war, and, and he's um, a poet thing. and he a was, soldier. He yeah. was a poet. Yes, he he enlists, and uh, as as all the young men did, and the horrors of the war really affected him. And then their possible chances to have a family, um, to get married, and he dies. So it's all pretty ghastly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean. Even, you know, without having been through a war, I mean, we do, I think all of us respond to those themes of lost love, though, don't we? That is incredibly universal. Did did that touch you? Yes, hugely. And I'm a terrible sucker for these things. You know, you're you're sort of there looking into somebody's eyes every night saying, I love you. And then in the play, then two years later, he comes back and he's just sort of totally rejects me. And it's (gasps) awful and it <laughs> it's hard you do take it personally I know I should probably just leave it at work but you, you do if you look at them you think but why don't you love me anymore I can't take it <laughs> so I did respond to it on a very uh, visceral personal level but also obviously just in terms of how that is and, and what that means in our life you know the times we have been rejected and how we deal with that the sort of people that we become because of it mm, absolutely and when you are acting how do you then sort of switch that off and because you know we do Mm. get through a lot of emotions when you're um, performing Mm. such a role is there a way of just 
letting letting that go and going to sleep at night. It, you know, I, I often do comedy gigs where I'm really yes. wired. Yes, yes. Yeah. That the the amount of adrenaline is is hard, very hard to do anything much about. Chamomile tea doesn't seem to quite touch it. <laughs> yes, you, you do live quite on the, on your nerves when you're doing a, a show, and as as you know, yeah. Um, and you know, you have to be sort of quite there when you're on stage. You're very present. It, yes. It's all happening right then. Anything could go wrong at any time. So you have to be quite on the ball, and that is hard to let go of. And then also the um, the emotional themes and and the things that have happened to your character. I'm not brilliant at letting go of it, I must say, as no doubt my wife would attest. <laughs> she's probably the person who, <laughs> who gets, bears the brunt. She it? does, she does, but she's very, very patient. Oh, <laughs> well, I've met her, so I, I can imagine, mm. and um, great sense of humour as well. Yes, so, exactly. So yes, I, I think that gets us both through her sense of humour. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can imagine. How do you sort of go about getting into a role? You know, what? how much preparation was there for this? So you have about a month of rehearsal on, on most shows and you have the script before then so you've already sort of become familiar with the part and everything. But it's not until you start meeting the other actors and interacting with them that you really understand more about your character and the world that you're going into and then you explore it together mm. and that is the great thing about doing theatre you often don't have that luxury when you're doing film or television of a rehearsal period do you just go straight into shooting often you just turn up and you're and you're doing it right there and then and if it's good writing it's not really a problem because mm-hmm. it's all there and you and you know you you're just sort of being the instrument for the writer really more challenging if when in the not so well written things <laughs> most most things are well written yes, so we don't I'm have to sure, worry about that i'm sure they are <laughs> but i mean also in film or television it must feel very different because it's often broken up into very short scenes mm. isn't it does that feel very different to you know acting out a whole play yeah I mean it is obviously even in a play you're just doing scenes but but you get to tell the whole story as the writer envisaged it yes. whereas when you're filming yes you know you can open a door and you're you're going to be you know six months later in Tunisia and you <laughs> filmed that scene in Shepparton and it was winter and so yes. it's those discontinuities are uh, slightly challenging sometimes but but then it's all when you're doing a film so pretend I mean people Mm. say it must be hard to do green screen stuff and you know (laughs) look at I did a one television series called Dinotopia where I was a dinosaur vet for a year Ah. Um, and obviously (laughs) you've got T-Rexes that are quite big and we had little velociraptors and oh you almost said like like they were very cute yeah they were they were quite cute well we we, we, they, they all talked and we had schools and it was yeah it was a great show, but obviously not very many real dinosaurs on the show. No. So No, um, I haven't met many no, real ones. No. <laughs> so um, sometimes you'd have a, an actor, but often it was just they use these spheres for special effects, so spheres on sticks that you're doing some of your big scenes with. Wow. <laughs> and that has its own challenges, but yeah. then sometimes there, there are actors where you would rather have had the sphere. So, you know. <laughs> But I imagine real dinosaurs would have provided far they more would, of a challenge. They would have been very... The dinosaur wrangler would have had his or her work cut out <laughs> they, for them. They certainly would, wouldn't they? Well, Sophie, let's sort of talk about some of your other work that you've got going on because you've got... Well, you've always got so many things going on, I think, <laughs> haven't you? Um, and currently, you were telling me just before we, we started recording that you're up for a European Diversity Award. Yes, Tell us that about sounds that. very modest of me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, no, no, you just... It happened to, you know, 
I was probing you for interesting things. Yes. That were going well, on I think and... the European Diversity Awards are wonderful, and I am, have been lucky enough to be nominated for one. It's about being a, a positive role model, which yes, is lovely. Which you absolutely are. Well, thank you. I mean, I, it's, it, you have to be careful about this idea of a role model because I don't think I'm anybody's idea of actually a role model, and everybody. <laughs> and and this is is sometimes a problem, I think, in diversity communities that one person is seen to represent all. You know, lesbians are many and varied. And absolutely. There are many who would not want me to stand up for them in any way uh, or feel but that the they're represented But the more role models we me. have, then the more young people out there w- will feel represented by one or more or other of them. Yes, that's absolutely true. It's great when people feel safe enough to be able to stand up and be counted. And, and I know how much it's helped me over the years to look at other people who have already made that journey you know long before I did and were brave and wonderful so I respect that and I feel you know sort of ridiculous to to think of myself in that tradition but it's nice to be a little bit a part of that. I tell you when you're talking about making that journey you're sort of talking about coming out and and being open about being gay which of course International Coming Out Day will be coming up soon in October and last year this time a year ago I can't believe it's a year ago it's okay to be gay an anthology in aid actually of diversity role models who you work with came out and you were involved in that. Yes. Um, so, you know, I think it is important that we, we do have, have role models. And I, I, you know, for me, and particularly, well, actually, my, my partner, Wendy, I think mm. when you came out, it was actually very important. I very clearly remember you being interviewed on Gay Time TV with yes. Rona Cameron. Yes. Do you remember yes, this? Yes, I do remember. And I have actually looked at it on YouTube since <laughs> with my partner, Wendy, and we were both like, wow, that was such a moment. And, you know, I, I think it, it it was it was still I mean it still is a big deal when people come out Tom Daly and so mm, on yeah but I think then it, it did still seem very tough particularly for women perhaps you know there were there were so few lesbians weren't there yeah there weren't very many out people especially in in performance industries and sport mm. um, well sports still is a, still a, a little still bit weak in issue. some yeah. areas yes <laughs> football perhaps yes you know. You know, I mean, I guess Martina was always yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely. But then I thought Amazing. I had to be great at sport to be a lesbian, you see. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I definitely uh, definitely was letting the side down on that, yes. When I look back, I can see that possibly the more sporty girls were probably more... Uh, more on the lesbian side and I I was on the bench so maybe that's why it took me such a long time to come out because it was more towards your late 20s yeah Yeah. I mean I suppose I'd always known that I liked girls I I I didn't ever identify as bisexual but I knew that I had crushes on girls and then loads Mm. of people did and they went on and 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 went straight lives and I was very young when I met my husband I was 19 Mm. Um, I had my children young yeah and sort of uh, I it sounds a bit hopeless to say events overtook me, but I, I wasn't sort of thinking outside the box, as it were. Mm. I wasn't addressing that issue, probably because I didn't want to, because mm. I didn't really understand how that would work, how it would fit in. Whereas the other life, the straight life, was already sort of you know quite mapped clearly out. mapped yes, out. There, were, yes. there was there was there was a roadmap for it, and everybody there carrying you along, saying, "Oh yes, no, great," and all the all the language and and everything. And then I, you know, became increasingly aware of my of my feelings in my twenties, and then I met Renee when I was thirty. Yes. 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 Fabulous, Renee. Um, and where did you actually meet? We met in Los Angeles, 
and we had our first kiss on Santa Monica Boulevard. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> How exciting! It was very exciting. <laughs> um, and then there was quite a quite a lot about it in the media, mm. wasn't there? Was that was that a very difficult time? I know you've talked about you were very worried about your children because they were still very young. Yeah, and how it might affect them if they might have got bullied. Yes. Did it pan out? I, I mean, obviously you're having a great life <laughs> now in, with Renee, but did it? Was it all okay for your kids? Were they okay with it? Well, um, my youngest son came with me uh, last weekend. Actually, we were on a panel for the Alternative Parenting Show. Um, oh yes, and yes. He very bravely, I thought, and nicely sat next to me. Didn't know what he was going to say. He has written a few articles for Pride magazine. Oh, brilliant. Um, so I knew that he was sort of on board and felt, and felt fine about it. But live is a, is a slightly different matter. And he said that he he found it all. It happened. He was very young. He was only three oh. when Renee and I got together. Oh. Um, so he doesn't really remember another's life apart from with Renee and I and and his dad, who was very much part of his life. Yes. But he he's always said he wasn't bullied. Mm-hmm. that he hasn't found it difficult, that there isn't really a big story there for him. In fact, he says he feels a bit of a fraud when people are sort of saying, you know, oh, my goodness, how was it? How did it work yes, out? And yes. he's like, oh, nothing really happened. It was fine. Um, <laughs> Maybe and, we worry more about children than we need to. Gosh, Maybe yeah. they're just absolutely fine. Well, I know that, there, of course, there is bullying. There is bullying for yeah. all kinds of things, though. And this is, this is a- one of Josh's Anything different, points. isn't it? Yes, I, I think. exactly. It's hard to be different. He says being vegetarian was much harder than having two mums. <laughs> Um, and he and he also really, really minds that it might be used as a stick to beat potential same-sex parents with, mm. oh, you're making a rod for your child's back and you shouldn't be doing it because they're going to get given such a hard time. He feels really strongly that that is not the case and that should not stop same-sex parents mm. having families if they want to. Great, and that's, that's fabulous that mm. he's sort of kind of giving that message out. Yes, I feel a bit bad talking on his behalf, but I'm only literally repeating what repeating he said what in public. Repeating what he said in yes. articles. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But I guess children could get picked on for any number of things, sadly. So yes. I, I know I felt uh, quite excluded at school just, just for being, I don't know, just, yeah, like you say, just kind of quirky and different. I yeah. haven't really worked out the gay thing quite yet then. No, so. okay, good. We were on the bench together. Yeah, I was I was <laughs> definitely kind of the last girl to be picked for netball team. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I don't know. I don't know why. But, you know, do you think, because you did want, well, I'm guessing that you did feel you wanted to have children. Um, Mm. Was that perhaps why that heterosexual life Mm. felt clearly mapped out? Because it's only now we're thinking more about gay people having children and that becoming something that we do. Whereas, you know, it has been something that would have perhaps seemed very yes. very complicated to I do. I don't think it was a conscious decision no, about no. Not, about the, the children thing, but it might have been a biological yeah, decision. Yeah, sort of subconscious. Yes, yeah. exactly, where, where, where this sort of, I was very broody and I had this great urge to have children, so, you know, in this sort of sea of hormones, basically. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I, I've been through that sea of hormones. And for, it's for quite overwhelming, years, isn't it? I really wanted to have kids myself, but I've kind of come through that. And, and oh, have you? Didn't. You've come out the other side? Yeah, see, I've come out the other side and quite quite glad now to right. sort of um, be able to have fun and, <laughs> and get a decent night's sleep. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, I guess because I'm with someone now who also has come out the other side right. and doesn't want to. I think I think we're kind of like, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, we don't need to do that. But yeah, I think it's it's a it's an interesting wrangle for any any mm. woman, isn't it? So 
Well, let's also just briefly talk about how it is being out also in the acting profession, mm. because I don't know whether that was ever a, a consideration, but I've certainly talked to people like um, Heather Peace, for example, mm. only, only about two or three years ago, and she was very nervous when the whole lip service thing was, was on and, yeah. and how that might affect things when she came out. And, I mean, Rupert Everett has talked a lot about how we see, you know, there's almost this double standard where we see straight male actors like Tom Hanks, Colin mm. Firth, and so on playing gay men, and and that's totally believable. But there's always a suspicion that, uh, you know, they seem to have that gay actors couldn't convincingly play straight. <laughs> yes. Yes, I mind that. I must yeah. say I don't really understand why that would be the case. Um, no. Because you're all actors. We're actors, exactly. That's your job. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I think that that is a problem. And, and there aren't that many gay people who are out who are actors still. Actors or actresses, I do you like to say to actress? Yeah. I, do, I tend to say actor about myself, but yeah. uh, I quite like the sort of old-fashioned courtesan nature of the word <laughs> act, actress and all its history. But yeah, um, yeah I, I tend to say actors like doctors or writers. You know. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, uh, well, it, yes, it is interesting, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know why there, are, there still seem to be mm. so few that, that do come out, particularly in the sort of very well, big you're not encouraged Hollywood to. Kind of, no. And, uh, and, and I guess the same for sports people you know there's a the especially for, for you know for bigger stars the the issue is a financial issue um, mm. and there's a lot of people whose li- livelihoods are depending on you fulfilling a certain mm. Um, mm. part and so they don't want you to come out mm. and because for them it, it's 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 a no-win situation you know yeah. maybe it'll work out yeah but yeah. maybe it won't. Maybe so it why won't. why so do it's a risk. It? Yeah. It's a risk. Yeah. Well, I know you've got to um, go shortly, but just quickly, let's have a chat um, about marriage because you wrote yes. a book, um, a marriage proposal. Yes, that was out earlier right. yes. in January this year. Yes. And tell us about that because, of course, you you are married to your partner. Well, well, actually, oh, well, I'm not still as a partner. Yes. Yes. Uh, that that process still hasn't um, been clearly defined. We're mm. hoping that it will happen on the 10th of December, that the law will allow people who are already civil partnered to convert their civil partnership to marriage. Mm. We're still looking at that process in consultation mm. with Nick Bowles, MP, who is the Minister for Equalities for LGBT Issues. Yes. Um, and not Nikki Morgan, who <laughs> is the Minister for Equalities for other diversity issues. <laughs> yes, because she, you were just, we were just chatting about this. She voted against. She voted against same-sex, same-sex marriage, marriage, so she mm. can't be the Minister for Equalities for LGBT mm. issues. <laughs> Interesting yes. situation. Yes. Um, so, but I wrote the book. Um, it's a sort of a bit of a cri de coeur, really, and it, it was about wanting to be involved in being able to get married because of the cultural history of marriage, not for my own sake because of the religious history, although there will be many same-sex couples who have a faith and would like to be recognised by their faith. Yeah. But more more um, about the, the sort of poetry and the weight of expectation um, and also because I felt it was very important that we should be treated as adults who can make the decision about whether we can get married or not, other civil rights issues where you're not allowed to um, have a say are because you're a child or insane or a criminal. <laughs> and I, d- I think we've come to the long, at long last, come to the conclusion that gay people don't are none of those categories. So it seemed like, well, of course, there are lots of same-sex couples who do not want to get married. And they and I believe they should be able to be civil partnered civil if they want to, or something else, whatever what? they want. <laughs> yes. But it should be their choice. 
Um, and I didn't yes, want and to I be suppose told. we don't necessarily have that show, no. choice. Well, no. we haven't heard. Yes, but yeah. it's hard to be. It's hard to make the decision not to do something when you haven't been offered the decision anyway. In the first place. So yes. So, well, I mean, I, myself and my partner, we probably don't want to get married. But mm. but like you rightly say, it's nice to be able to say, oh no, we don't want that. But yes, I think it. It would be good if civil partnerships could be made available to straight couples as well. Absolutely, that would that would make parity and equality in the law and I think it would also help a lot of people to understand what civil partnership is (laughs) Yes, it still seems to be a bit of a mystery it is essentially it's the same legal rights really isn't it it's the same almost the same identical legal rights as being married yeah yeah well Sophie I know you've got to go and transform yourself (laughs) yes be on stage go back in time um, go back in time Mm. back to the 1930s your your carriage um, (laughs) yes my carriage awaits awaits outside so thank you so much for talking to us thank you Rosie thank you (laughs) 